From the banks of the Avon, welcome to Black Sheep Rebranded, the place where you never have to worry about fitting in or being accepted. All are welcome. The voice for that black sheep in all of us is Rick Sherwood. Here, he shares his views on today's issues. Everything. Nothing is off limits. His insights come not only from his years as a psychotherapist, but also his many life experiences. Do you have something that you want to hear his take on? Find us on Facebook, we're Black Sheep Rebranded. Email Rebecca at rstherapygroup.com Rick at rstherapygroup.com or visit our website at blacksheeprebranded.ca And now, here's Rick. I wonder what he'll talk about today. G'day folks, welcome to um, our discussion today on panic. And yes, yes, welcome, welcome, thank you back uh, to come on back and to, to hear again what uh, what we're talking about here. And uh, it's kind of a uh, an ironic uh, thing that we've dis- d- decided to, to chat about today. And, and that's uh, basically the word panic, uh, the emotion of panic, uh, what it is to have a panic attack, what uh, what happens psychologically, emotionally, and and more importantly, what we can do about panic. And so, if you go to the definition, uh, panic is is typically sudden, uncontrollable fear or anxiety, and it often causes wildly crazy, un unconnected, disjointed. Um, behavior that where we just really aren't thinking and, and and stopping and and trying to be a little bit let's just take a deep breath let's just and that is the nature of panic uh it's you know it causes terror it causes people to um create mass hysteria at times uh there was a, a time a few years ago when uh north korea was uh you know potentially going to uh send a, a, a nuclear bomb or a missile towards Hawaii and people were hiding in sewers and they were they were just mass hysteria and it's not to say that they shouldn't have that fear uh, but at the same time day-to-day panic and and when I say day-to-day panic uh, I am encountering people who are panicking because the phone rings Oh my God! Who is it? Uh, the, somebody's at the door. They go to the mailbox. You know, they owe money, or they have an X, or you know, there's there's any number of 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 things or or occurrences coming out of the woodwork. One of the most important things to understand about panic is panic is largely our subconscious and our mind creating mass hysteria within us about things that we have no control over. And when I say we have no control over them, I mean, we really fundamentally don't appear to have control. And so that's what creates the panic. So as a kid coming home from school, knowing it was report card season, not knowing exactly when my report card was going to arrive in the mail, because that's how, how the, 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 the report cards for high school used to come, you know, the, the goal was to get home and get your, your report card before your parents saw it. So then that way, you know, you could 
be ahead of the of the the curve, ahead of the panic, and so you'd get off the school bus, go to the mailbox, and look. Oh, it's not there. Oh, there is no mail. Oh shoot, did Dad already get it? That's panic because you're not in control. People have other situations where panic, so they they are in meetings and they're they're going in to have these negotiations or these conversations with somebody and they don't have control over what's going to happen. Again, that's a normal, natural thing to have that bit of panic. I think one of the things that we have done in our society, though, is we have taken this idea of panic and uncontrollable and we've given it a life of its own. And what I mean by truly a life of its own is... I had a, a client a week or a week and a half back and is in the middle of some pretty uh, significant negotiations with her employer. There's been some some harassment and some things going on. And so every time there's a meeting that's booked, panic ensues. There's no idea what's going to be said. There's no idea what, what the person is, is, is going to be facing. Are they going to resolve this? Or is it going to languish? Is it going to go on? And so that's a panic that's a normal panic to feel. And so it was ironic because this this person in, in a panic booked a session. I need to get in. I have to get in. So we made room at the end of the day. The person came in, sat down, we chatted. And what they were in a panic about was actually a normal, natural process. And so... We talked about and I and I, and I kind of associate it with stage fright. People who often have to give presentations have panic about it, and they have panic about it because, oh my good God, what's this going to mean? And how's it going to work out? And what if I forget this? And what if this? And so they start creating all of these what ifs in their head, and those what ifs are the panic. Within relationships, I see it all the time as well. People will have basically stage fright towards sexual intimacy, towards discussions of finances, towards going on holidays, towards going to a family get-together, because they do not know what the outcome is, and they're afraid of some outliers, some things that may occur. And so... One of the simplest things to do is just simply avoid the situations that are uncomfortable. You can't avoid all of them, but you can avoid some. And if you do avoid the ones that, that, that you can, you're, you're going to reduce your, your situations of panic right away. But another thing that we need to do is we need to understand normal, natural emotions are going to occur. So going back to this person uh, from this uh, session a week ago, week and a half ago, when they came in, they came in with this this thought of, oh my word, I'm a horrible person. I'm so weak. I'm so terrible. I, I am failing. I have no way to do this. I have no way to do that. And all of these incredibly harsh, harsh judgments against them, when in reality, what they were feeling was normal. What they were truly feeling was a normal, natural thing to feel. But they were making up all these other nasty things in their own head. I am often faced with people who are going through divorces, going through separations. 
and they will say, oh my word, I'm done. I can't afford this. I can't afford that. I, I'm going to end up living, you know, in an apartment. I, I have to sell everything. I and, and I always encourage them, please slow down. Take a deep breath in. Blow it out slow. Breathing in quickly and breathing out quickly just creates hyperventilating and raises your heart rate. Breathing in really deep, blowing it out really slowly, that's what actually calms yourself down and actually relaxes your heart and slows your heart rate down. And so I encourage them though directly by saying, please, can you take a deep breath for me? Or I will say to them, hey, just hold on here. How do you, where's your evidence for what you're saying? And so sometimes telling people to slow down and take a deep breath is like punching them in the face and they aren't very appreciative of it. Other times, again, what I do is I, instead of doing that, is I will say to them, can you explain to me how you got this information, how you came to the conclusion that you came to? By asking that question, often we can take the panic and we can actually do something with it to minimize it and to set it aside. In, in my personal relationships, people all the time, I will see people panic over various things and I go, but why? Because, again, they will have it in their head that there's a panic or an urgency associated that doesn't actually exist. They've created it. And so they take this natural emotion, which is an emotion of concern, and they turn it into panic or a panic attack. And so this client turned her her meeting and then what occurred during the meeting into a panic attack, which then led to her calling and led to her coming in and, and us talking. And, and again, getting her to realize that what she was feeling leading up to the meeting and during the meeting was quite actually a normal emotional response because there's an awful lot on the line. As I said to her, every single person who goes through a divorce or separation at some point has a moment of, of panic. They have a moment of deep anxiety. They have a moment of panic attack. Oh my, what is my world going to look like? Every time that, that people hear, oh my word, my world is going to change in any significant way, job loss, anything, there is panic. And so the difference between there being a normal panic and a normal reaction and this other, this other thing that goes on is how do we talk to ourselves and how do the people around us talk to us? I was out earlier today and I was walking through a store and uh, this lady was shopping with, with her, uh, with her uh, young child, uh, presumably her child, I don't know. Uh, but she's shopping with his young child, uh, about 10, maybe 11 years of age. And this little boy, I heard him a couple times say, I'm bored. And she said, well, we're not going to be that much longer. Did what every parent does. And then this kid did what, for him, he should get an Oscar for it. He then said, looked at her. And, and he pulled on her arm, and I was close enough to actually watch the, the whole thing, coincidentally. And he tugged on her arm, and he said, I'm scared. And she paused, stopped, turned abruptly, looked at him. Why? Well, because there's so many people here. And I watched this kid go from a calm, cool, easygoing person 
into this full manipulation of I don't want to be here, so I'm going to use my panic and my anxiety to manipulate this adult. And that's exactly what happened. The person took all of the items that she had in her hand and she actually put them all on a shelf, just right there in front of her. And she said, don't worry, just relax. It's going to be okay. Instead of actually going, just hold on here. Can I, can I actually talk to this child about what's going on? Can we actually have this? Is was a hundred percent, um, this child playing this adult. And, and like I said, I watched this child go from calm, cool, resolved. And then suddenly I'm scared. Then suddenly panic. Then the adult becomes panicked because the child is panicked. What the parent, what that adult missed in that moment, it is their responsibility to not feed into these moments of panic. It's to actually resolve them. But unfortunately, we're living in a time now where so many people themselves are so easily panicked about things that they, they quite frankly, just shouldn't be panicked about. And again, the fact that this child has become aware enough at that age to actually use that as a manipulation tool is startling to me and at the same time not startling because, again, I see kids manipulating situations all the time and I see parents manipulating. And it's, it is amazing how often panic and anxiety is used as a tool of manipulation and a tool of avoidance. This is one of the downsides to mental health and one of the downsides to what I do in, in the mental health side of, of, of my work. When people come along and they tell me about panic and they tell me about their panic attacks and they, they tell me about what's happen, happening, they tell me about their separation anxiety. Most of these situations are, are, are created, and when I say most, over 51%, so, so please don't get anybody's knickers and I'm not saying all the time, but in a, in a majority of the time, which is over 51% of the time, People are taking an uncomfortable situation and they now they have nothing else going on. So then they just tell themselves over and over how horrible it's going to be, how terrible it's going to be, how this bad thing is going to happen. This person said to me the last time I saw them that they thought I was fat. And so if I have to see that person again and they have to tell me that I'm fat again, I am never going to be able to live that down. And the star, the story that begins goes on and on, and next thing you know, you have a panic attack. We owe it to each other. And so I'm, I'm going to use Rebecca as, as an example the other day. Uh, people who have known Rebecca a lot longer than I have will, will tell you that she's an anxious human being. They will tell you that she has uh, challenges with anxiety. They will tell you that she has all kinds of things. And I will look at you and I will say, and your point is what? So the other day we had a tree that we need to cut down. And ladder, rope up to the tree, chainsaw. And I said to Rebecca, do you want to jump on the loader? Which she's only drove a few times. And so anybody who's going to, again, sit there and, and spin, just hold on here. Don't take a deep breath and, and, and get yourself too worked up yet. And I said to Rebecca, okay, all that I need is kind of the weight of the tractor and the loader, which is a couple thousand pounds, pulling backwards on this tree, just to give it a bit of a nudge for it to roll the right way off the stump. 
So when I cut the notch, again, I, I, I cut the notch so that when the tree would roll forward onto the stump itself, because that's typically how they happen, what they what it would do is it was cut on a slight angle, so that would help the tree also go in the right direction. And, and then she'd have this bit of pressure on with the rope, and so she would be fine. She's only drove this tractor a couple times. She's not a farm girl. She's learning to be a to be a girl with with equipment and hose and, and loaders and everything. She is doing quite well. But I just nonchalantly, not to worry, just do this. Don't touch the pedals. You don't have to do anything. It's hydrostatic. Just reverse. You're going to be good. And you know what? Because I didn't turn it into anything, neither did she. She was 100% a trooper. She's on that tractor, ropes hooked up, tugging back, right? doing all the things that she needs to do. The tree fell exactly where we needed it to fall. And I mean exactly. It fell between a railing and it fell between a, a flower bed. It, it, it literally fell exactly where it needed to fall. There was no issues. There was no concerns. There was literally nothing. And one of the reasons why that went so well is, yes, I have decades and decades of experience around equipment and, and falling trees and, and, and doing all the things that I've done in my life. I've got lots of trades. I have all kinds of background that I'm coming from. But the most important thing is that I had belief in her. And because I had belief in her, she didn't have the opportunity, nor did I give her the opportunity to have panic. It was very, very quick, very simple. This is what I need you to do. You know how to do this and this. You're fine. The rope is twice the length of the height of the tree. There isn't a chance for the tree to hit you. I talked to her about that so that she would know. She wouldn't get that in her head. And you're good. You're golden. Just put some back pressure on it, and that will start the tree going in the right direction. Everything's fine. So, again, people will sit there and they will say, well, but she has a, she's an incredibly anxious human being. No, she's not. What she was is she was around people who promoted her anxiety. They promoted the fact that anxiety is how she should feel about things. I've spent my life around people who at different times promoted me to being anxious, to panic. Very first ambulance ride, leading ulcer from St. Mary's, Ontario to London, Ontario. 100%. I was around people and most of my life, I spent around family and around people who promoted insecurity, anxiety, and panic within me. And so then people would say, oh my word, you have a bleeding ulcer. You worry a lot. Yep. And I have seen myself in my own panic attacks, believe it or not. Not so much anymore. First, I've lived lots. Second, I've learned how to rein in my overactive brain and my overactive imagination. And I've learned to rein it in in a, in a way so that I, first of all, is this a reasonable emotion to have? What is the reasonable things I should be feeling? Honestly, it's about slowing yourself down in all these types of moments. And so, again, Rebecca with the loader. Pulling that tree. One day, if you ever run into her and you meet her, you have to say, what was going through your head when you were sitting on that tractor for the very first time? Ropes hooked up. 
and you've never done anything like this, and the loader is is you're doing this, and you're not sure about anything. What was going through your mind? My guess is she's going to tell you not much because she was just busy doing what I asked her to do because I didn't give any opportunity for panic, anxiety, or anything else to creep in. What I did is I used the, the things that she already knew. She already knew the basics of how to run the tractor. So she's not out there you know, plowing. She's not out there doing something fancy. What she's doing is sitting on a tractor and having it slightly going in reverse so that there's just the weight of the tractor pulling back on that rope. Again, you don't have to, to go like mad to, to pull it down. You don't have to do anything. Just again. So me with the saw, her with the tractor, rope, panic attack didn't happen. Client who was here, after we talked about, oh my word, what you're feeling is normal. And it was normal. What she did was was amazing in that meeting. The outcome of the meeting was quite good. Panic, sudden, and it's sudden and uncontrollable, and that's because we think we're out of control. So when it comes to panic, what I encourage you to do is to stop and go, should I feel out of control? Am I doing anything to risk being in control? What can I do to gain some control back? So again, panic, folks. Do the best that you can. Talk to yourself. Learn to. Learn to talk yourself down, not up. That mother today, when she took all of those goods, I feel sorry for the store clerk that was going to come along later and go, oh, some teenage hoodlums was around and just threw all this stuff here. No, it was a mom who, because the kid said, I'm scared. No reason to be scared. There wasn't even anybody around him. But again, panic, anxiety. And so there was a person feeding off the child's anxiety, the, the child learning to feed off the parent's anxiety, manipulation occurring, not a good situation. Good old Rebecca here, proof positive. Yeah, she, uh, she has struggled with anxiety at times in her life. There's no doubt about it. But that day, sitting on that tractor, doing something that should have been or could have been, and I should, I'm going to rephrase that, could have been, it shouldn't have been, but it could have been panic ensuing, could have been causing a panic attack, did not. She believed in me, she believed in herself, she believed in what she knew she needed to do, and she had the skills to do it. So everybody, hopefully... This is giving you a few things to think about when it comes to panic and panic attacks. And I'd uh, love to see if you, uh, if you want to talk further about this. Uh, please, again, keep, uh, keep letting us know what your thoughts are on these topics. And, again, thank you very much for tuning in to Black Sheep Rebranded and uh, Irish Therapy Group. And have yourself a wonderful, safe day. Bye-bye. Again, thank you very much. It's Rick Sherwood here again. Thank you very much. As I continuously say, really appreciate everyone who tunes into these podcasts. Uh, but please keep in mind, uh, all the information contained within these is not meant to be a supplement or meant to be a replacement for psychotherapy or for anyone truly struggling with mental health. Please reach out to uh, a therapist and somebody qualified to help you out. 
if these ideas trigger something within you where you need to do that and you're not sure where to go, by all means, please reach out to us. We'd be more than happy to. Uh, go to blacksheeprebranded.ca uh, and we can direct you in, un in unbelievable different directions. Piracy, please don't pirate the information in this. It is proprietary. Uh, please also make sure that, uh, that you understand that this isn't about us wanting to be greedy about our ideas. This is us wanting to make sure that our ideas are uniquely and collectively kept as ours so that we can use them as we see fit and uh, not how other people want to do it for their own piracy and their own benefit. Y'all be good. Take care. Bye-bye.